Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. If you're listening to this, you know all about The Last Jedi, so you should not be spoiled that we're going to eat some pork tonight. Oh, yeah. Leftover, the, the leftover pork. I am Matt. Today I am joined with Nick, and I think there's a lot of fans of our show that are, are ready for the Nick Nick picks of this episode. So uh, without further ado, um, we'll go ahead and kind of start this format with a, a little bit of uh, similarity from the last part one as far as um, getting uh, Nick's kind of initial take on um, – Maybe his movie experience and what have you. So, um, and uh, I don't know if you really want to know much more about my movie experience. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting, you know, because you you do when you podcast, you play off the reactions of other people and questions posed by them. So maybe things I'm saying, you might see it in a different light and the way that you originally saw it, or what you and Boston and Jay's discussion was. I, um, I like it could be a very flipped coin situation yeah and, and if jay shows up you'll just start cussing more later in the show exactly like it goes from a very friendly environment to okay there goes that <laughs> <laughs> so um but anyway uh we'll, we'll try to keep it uh on on point uh, i i, I will say though that this this ep- that this uh episode eight you know it did use uh bastards which i was, I was surprised by. I oh was, it did i didn't hear that i guess yeah i was like huh well, they're getting a little, little free and loose there. So, but anyway, um, well, just first, if anyone has never listened to Game of Thrones, the term "nick pick" comes from me nitpicking Game of Thrones to death, and so that's what you're gonna get from me <laughs> is I don't let little things go very easily. So. Yeah, um, not not in the fantasy world of Star Wars, and no. and we shouldn't either. So, um. But anyway, um, on with the show. This is it. So, sure. Nick, yeah, tell us, uh, I guess, what your experience was going to the movies. and It's the greatest Star Wars ever made. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just what kidding. The head of time, were you, like, laying low? Were you... Oh, I, I'm just like you. I stay completely spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know nothing at all. Uh, and I got my wish. Uh, well, first, I want to answer, you know, like the question, I think... Uh, Boston posed, which was, uh, what was your reaction when the credits rolled? Oh, right. And cause I thought that was a good question. And, uh, my reaction was cause I said my friend Cliff, uh, was just, okay. <laughs> That's what it was. I could, I remember looking at him and going like, okay, that was interesting. So it wasn't like The Force Awakens where I was just steaming the entire time, like just oh. mad. So uh, it was entertaining. I was pleased at first. And I think if I had done this immediately after leaving the theater, mm-hmm. I would probably have given you a much 
better review than what I'm going to give you. <laughs> but I had the whole day to really sit and think about it and what I liked, what I didn't like, you know, what they're trying to do with it. Cause I'm, as Jay knows, and you know, too, I'm a plot person and I like to see where the overall arc is going, not just the little arcs. Uh, so little things like that, but. Okay. But so what was the question uh, you asked. What's that now? What was the question you asked me though? Oh, I just, I just was curious about just your, your experience seeing it with, uh, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, good film. Was it was it perfect? No. Was it great? No. But yeah. I didn't hate it, and that is good <laughs> enough for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, since um, since you know, I guess the part one we were a little bit all over the place. Um, let's let's break down the plot a little bit more um, if that if that works, and then we can get to maybe those Nick Nick picks along the way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of them. So uh, and okay. and they're all they're all just in my notes. They're all just scattered as they popped into my head. So they're not in any particular order like I normally do because I just saw it last night, everybody. So I didn't right. have time to really organize or and, really, you know. And I've only seen it twice. Um, so I'm I'm basically recapping from my mind uh, the events mm-hmm. that I remember. So we'll we'll just do it that that way because um, I don't have every like flashback when it happens. So um, or not flashback, but side-to-side conversations um but it opens uh you know as all star wars movies do with a big huge crawl um and um i was kind of curious as to how they were going to do this because of the whole timeline thing this is the closest we've ever had between two two star wars movies Mm. you know like i was like well what's the crawl gonna say you know like hey we just blew up this base and they're about ready gonna attack us i didn't even mention it did it (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it did. Well, that's it, what like it, I kind of got my wish. That's what I was about. To, it's funny yeah. if your audio is going out. Sometimes. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, I kind of got my wish in a way because, as anyone that listens out there, I despised the Force Awakens. I thought it was a complete waste of a movie. <laughs> uh, and I had secretly kind of hoped that you could skip from Return of the Jedi directly to the Last Jedi <clears> and see what would happen. Uh, because I'd said that before, like uh, the Force Awakens doesn't really set up anything. It's a virtually a copy of A New Hope, in that you know you have a, a young, uh, Force-sensitive girl, you have a potential protagonist, and uh, they blow up the Death Star, and that's pretty much it. You know, the the New Republic is wiped out, and so like all you really need to know going into it was that there's a girl who's the hero and a young guy who's going to be the villain, and go from there. And that's just how I saw it. And that's, and so when I opened up the way it did and a lot of the mysteries and things that were set up in force awakens were just brushed aside as if they were not important. And I was like, Oh great. I'm getting my wish. Like all the crap that was set up is just gone. So, and, so your, so your reaction uh, kind of also playing off of um, thinking about what um, Chris said yesterday, um, you know, the, the Luke, the Luke Skywalker lightsaber moment like that. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some jokes I didn't think worked, but yeah, the lightsaber one I thought was great. Uh, the, yeah. Cause he gets there and people put so much hope into like, what's, you know, cause I wanted him to secretly go like, did you find the hand that went with <laughs> it? You know, but, uh, but yeah, I liked it. Cause it's just got, like, and it, to me, it almost felt like a, a if it would have been Yoda, like something Yoda would have done too. of just like, you know, hmm? It's just a, it's just a, uh, it's just a piece of material. It's nothing. It's that's a, a lightsaber does not make a Jedi. 
Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of what I felt. It could have gone either way. Either he's going to be like, what, what do I want with this thing? Or what happened of just like, that's not me anymore. And, right. uh, and I liked it. I thought it was clever because it just, it, it, this whole, it was shattered. It shattered any illusion in that, uh-huh. in that one verbless, you know, uh, voiceless moment. It's just like, oh, this yeah, is, this is not what you're going to think it's going to be. Right. right. And, uh, and, and what a great, uh, I guess, you know, it was kind of the saying in the trailer that we got, you know, this is not going to go the way you think. And it, you could use that as the, <laughs> the tag for the movie line, you know, yeah. because I think, you know, throughout the movie, you know, we do have things go like, oh, this is where they're going to kill Leia, you know. Um, nope, this is not going to go the way you think. They're not going to kill Leia like that. Um, but anyway. It but it um, did. I mean, there's definitely predictable things in the movie. So right. It did go the way I thought it was going to in a lot of ways. But we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, well, just to kind of uh, bring up the, the beginning, this uh, beginning starts with them scrambling and leaving um, the base and trying to pack up. And we, uh, we see Billy Lord. She gets a lot more screen time in this, this movie, which is nice. So she did. She did. hopefully, um, obviously, you know, I, I can't imagine her not being in episode nine. Um, so it's, it's nice to, to think of her as part of the, the star Wars family still. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> then we also see the destroyer show up. And uh, Hux, uh, this begins this comedic kind of uh, banter between Hux and Poe, who is kind of staring him down. What? Um, yeah. Which? No, but, yeah, go ahead. That, that's the one joke. Well, there's actually a couple, but that's the one yeah. that I kind of cringed at. You know, I, I liked the joke. I actually thought it was funny. I just didn't think it belonged in a Star Wars movie. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, because I mean, I thought it was hilarious. It's like, oh, I'm on hold. Okay, I'm holding for Hux. What? Because right. it's just it's just a mess with it. But it just because it made even though it's not the Empire, it's the the First Order. It mm-hmm. it made all of them look kind of like idiots the entire movie, and I didn't like that. And that you know, the Empire was never that way. They were never shown as incompetent. And I kind of thought like this was like uh, it's a bit hokey, you know. Like I, I like I mean I I still thought it was funny. I just just didn't think it fit all right well i'm not going to try to iron out all of your wrinkles i'll just say that i i do poe poe dameron is the peter parker in the comic book universe he tends to be the witty one so mm-hmm. although i'm not i'm not a big fan of the poe dameron comic it continues to go where i wish the canaan series had gone on but that's a whole other bag of worms for another day anyway <laughs> no, uh, I, I liked the opening i thought it was solid um I thought it was, you know, it gripped you from the get go, and uh, and actually, and even it played out even the way I kind of wanted it to, with like Poe being this cocky pilot who's not listening to orders, and then immediately, that's my first thought was like he should immediately be de- be demoted and put in his place, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. I was like, good for her, good for Leia. That's exactly what you should do. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, you know, you uh, you know, you were you did great, you know, you destroyed it. Like, no, it was exactly like, no, you this is a right. military. A mission you've got to respect orders i was like yes yeah. this is good uh, well yeah and you even see her looking at the screen there and um that moment and and she can i don't know there's there's a lot that you read with leia through this movie um just from her expressions and and the things that she does 
true. Yeah. The, and, the only the only nitpick I had, uh, which was it's really minute, but it was just one of those <laughs> things that that's what that's what people are watching. I, but like it's 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 one of those things. As soon as I saw it happening, I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are they seriously going to bomb a ship in outer space? They're implying that gravity." Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, they're dropping bombs on right. in outer space. I was like, it, it, "That's not even possible," you know. But like, it's just one of those things. I was just looking at, and I'm like, "What?" You know, they should be at little missiles or something. You know, right. they have, you know, and I was like, but it's, it's just, it's fine. But it's just one of those, like, to me, I was just watching, that, that's just dumb. Can, but, I, okay. can I retro tech it in some way that uh, it's, it's going towards the planet? That the planets pull and that I'm not going to try to, to <laughs> justify it. I love the bomber scene. I think it's so cool. Um, I guess also too because uh, I've I've had the pleasure of playing uh, this uh, Star Wars X-wing miniature game that oh. my brother likes to uh, play and and has hooked me into playing with him multiple times and we so we square off against each other. He just so happened to buy the Kylo Ren ship and the bomber and uh, I uh, I won I beat him so. Uh, <laughs> I, I rarely win. Anyway, it was fun playing with the bomber, even though they are weak in the game. And so there's certain things that it's funny because you play it in the game and it's like, oh, that kind of works also in Star Wars. Like they talk about tracking um, and the whole tracking system. I mean, that's that's a whole part of the game. But sorry, I'm all over with Star Wars today. Um, let's get back to The Last Jedi. Uh, the bomber scene, yes, gravity doesn't work like that in space. Maybe maybe there's some kind of projectile aspect to these bombs that's being pulled by the magnet of some inner who knows, right? Who knows? So, uh, but they bring it down. Um, Leia slaps him, and um, well, oh, Finn wakes up in a very humorous uh, way where he's naked and. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. Like, did they did they put him in there right after the mo- the last movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's been in that uh, stasis, stasis ever since. And so healing his spinal cord, which I can only imagine was sliced. I mean, that's oh, where, right. Okay. That's where, I mean, if you watch that, it looks like he cuts him right up his spine. Mm-hmm. So, so he grew a new one in this movie. <gasps> he did grow a new spine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, I, I mean... Y'all, y'all probably know this already, but you know I, I detest Finn. I think he was a comic relief that should have died in the last movie, and he should have. I mean, is it? You think about it, he's a he's a coward, sort of, you know. And he could have had redemption, like at the end of just like he found his spine, and then Kylo cuts it in half, and then there you go. Uh, and it would have saved us having one of the three story arcs in this movie that doesn't work, not okay. in the movie. uh, all right uh well uh there's a scene that happens which cuts this is how we get the 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 cut to luke and ray when um i think finn asks poe where's ray so because that's all he can think about right so he only falls in love with girls that uh names start with r by the way (laughs) (laughs) and uh who happened to save his life yeah so that was that was awkward and kind of forced 
too, I felt, because it's like, wait a minute. I know, I, they've, been, I know they've been together the entire movie, but there hasn't yeah. been any inkling of this until that moment. And I, think I, don't, even, kid, I, think I don't even know if she lived kiss. or died. Right. Well, she does live, but I just think it's the kiss, the way that the kiss went down. It's like she wakes up for one moment, she, and then she, she has this, unco- like, I don't know. I mean, I know what they're trying to set up there, but it just... yeah. I, I, I do agree that the, the, the kiss seemed forced in that moment. But um, at any rate, um, plot-wise, um, Ray, Luke, we already talked about the lightsaber scene. Uh, he goes off, and eventually Chewbacca is reunited with Luke in a very kind of unceremonious way. Well, it's kind of weird, because like, what if Luke would have been on the other side of that door, and the door would have came smacking in, just knocked, waylaid Luke. I was like, wow, Chewie, that's not really thinking ahead there, bud. Right. They must have these doors just laying around, because uh, no, a couple the, of scenes the, later, it, the door is fixed. No, the door is, the door is uh, it's from the X-Wing. Is it? Yeah. There's no metal on that island. It's all rocks. It's like Ireland. You know, it's just rocks and grass. Right. And uh, the, the door is part of the X-Wing fighter. Well, those workers must do a, a, a good job just getting out those dents because later in the movie, the, it seems dentless. So yeah. just, just <laughs> saying. That's my own mat pick. I don't know. I don't have a fun. Those, work, those workers were the only true – I mean, because I, I didn't mind the porgs. You know, like I got it. Okay, they're native to the island. Like, you know, they're annoying a little bit. But okay. But the, the, fish, the fish nuns, uh, I was like, oh, what the heck is that? You know, like I got – like, okay, whatever. I mean, they weren't in it enough to really annoy me, but it's just kind of mm-hmm. those, that just looks weird. You know, these big, huge fish dressed as nuns. Like, yeah. that's. I, I guess they, that's how you evolve in an island uh, planet there. Is, yeah, is but fish. It's, it's like those big cows in episode two that, you know, look like mm-hmm. ticks. You're like, what the heck is that thing? It's just like a big tick, but they're cows. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the nuns. I, I actually like the idea that there would be a reverent society trying to upkeep the the first temple like it just makes sense from a i mean just anywhere i mean you go anywhere in on on earth and there's people that are living near ancient relics trying to keep them holy that's true yeah so so it doesn't matter where i mean it's like take the vatican for instance i mean think about all the people that just live and operate within the vatican just keeping all those relics i'm i'm not uh saying that the pope's a relic but Anyway, so I digress. I don't know where I'm going on this. Uh, might have to put a warning on this podcast. <clears throat> well, okay. Like, I'll just say this, like, plot-wise. There's three plots in this movie. Okay. There's three story arcs. One works, one sort of works, and one doesn't work at all. Okay. So the one that doesn't work is the Finn and Rose story. Uh, it's, it's very forced. It felt like it could have been put in Rebels or Clone Wars or anything else. It's just one of those episodes it doesn't go anywhere it, it's just a goody two shoes type mission you see the evilness of capitalism and how mm-hmm. like the wealthier you know spit upon everyone else and then you have the little slave kids that are telling the horses to get electrocuted and whipped and then, then one day they're going to rise up and that's it and right. the story doesn't really go anywhere aside from that and i felt that you know 40 minutes or so was kind of a waste mm-hmm. uh you have the other one that sort of works, which is the resistance leaving or fleeing, which is basically a, a ripoff of the very first Battlestar Galactica episode 33, 
which is when they're trying to outrun the Cylons and they're constantly having right. to jump. That's what yeah. that is. And uh, it sort of works and it sort of doesn't work. I mean, I like it and that it's constantly a threat, uh, but I didn't feel it had an emotional weight to it, really. Um, hmm. I, I don't want to break it all, get all into it. We can get into it later, but... Um, no, I mean it's okay. We can we can break it down. However, um, it's not that I remember all of the beats of the movie. I'm just kind I mean, of walking is, through through it in my mind. Um, yeah, this is just me, you know. Uh, no, okay. I, I like I like this uh, this breakdown of the ones that don't work and the ones that do work. So, what is the other story that does work for you? And the and the one that does work is the Luke, uh, right. Ray, and Kylo storyline. However, <laughs> I mean it works, and I do like I like the connection. I you know, and they explain that pretty well. But there's some other things I didn't like about that storyline, which, uh, and it's just little things. Uh, I still felt that was the best story arc of the of the movie. Uh, sure. But I, you know, I didn't really like what they did with Luke. Uh, I just didn't felt it. I feel I agree with Mark Hamill that I don't think that's really true to Luke's character. Uh, did I still find it entertaining? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just uh, and I, I'll get into that one later because that's the main meat of of the movie. I felt. But uh, so let's just go back to uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, sure. So I didn't feel that there was an emotional weight to it because, like, even like later when the ships are running out of fuel and you're seeing all this loss of life, there's not really any kind of moment, you know, where they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, or mm-hmm. like, "What is happening?" Or like, it just because, like, right. you, you know, think of Return of the Jedi when the, they realize that the. Uh, the Battlestar is fully operational, you know, like they lose one ship and they're all freaking out, you know, like that's kind of the moment I was looking for of just like this sheer panic of like, let's get away from this thing. And they, they really don't. I, think, I mean, I, I felt that when they were in the life pods because they had no protection at that point. That's I think true. That, I think that's the point where like they've made it this far. Cause like you get the moment where the guys in the, in the medical frigate and it's like, Oh, that's your childhood right there. Remember? You know, and, and this, this guy, you know, he's basically like all life pods are away. So they're actually able to continually shuffle the people as they go along. It's just when it's, they're in the life pods, which I think has the most story potency because you're already in the Snoke chamber at that point, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Ray and they're, they're destroying every pod with every shot, you know, and it just keeps coming at this point. Yeah. Um, so I I liked the, and I I think I did mention Battlestar Galactica about it, um, in, in part one. If not, I know I I definitely I didn't. Oh, okay. I know I definitely talked about this to someone because it it did remind me of of BSG, yeah. um, and in that very first episode, um, which I liked. I actually liked the fact that they took that idea of the pursuit, um, and and how that kind of haunted them you know like the whole time until it whittles them down until what there's like 40 of them left right and that's kind of sad too you know and we'll get to that later it is kind of bleak i mean it's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's bleak in that you know like you you had a they had a very small armada there and you're getting away in the millennium falcon with what like 20 people it's like wow good job guys uh it just kind of yeah, and I'll get to like where I want to go with that. A little okay, bit. sure. Well, uh, um, but, you know, I, like, okay. so I, I liked the whole, you know, uh, the Tie Fighters and Kylo coming out and, the, and his fighter and destroying the the fleet, and uh, that was really great action sequence. And uh, 
you know, and I, I liked his dilemma. You know, he sensed his mom for you know yeah, was yeah. on the ship, and he pulled back. He didn't want to, but then of course they beat him to it. And this was my first WTF moment of Mary Poppins in space. Uh, it's it's fine. We can be divisive on this because I love I love it. Um, I, I just and- I I felt this was the first time where. Uh, Han Solo said it best in The Force Awakens of that's not how the Force works. Uh, right. I, I think I read that somewhere too. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, like, not only did I think it was kind of lame, I felt it was a disservice to not only Leia's character, but Admiral Akbar, rest in peace. Uh, because you don't... It, you didn't hear honest. what he, his last words were? <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So he, this is. He said that. He said that. This is crap. This is crap. Up. This is crap. Yeah, I yeah. can totally say that. Okay. Well, it's just because, like, okay, so she's out in space, which will literally kill you in less than a minute, people, if you're sucked into the vacuum of space. But whatever. Uh, sure. So, but you're so distracted by that Leia is out in space, you forget that Akbar just died as well. And then she brings back in cool moment. You know, she saw it saved and things like that, and they strip, uh, they send her off to medical. And this is where it starts to fall apart to me because if it would have been me, if I was a script doctor, I would have never had that scene in there because it would just, it makes more sense just to keep Leia and have other people fly out of the bridge and have Leia be the Laura Dern part because Laura Dern's character, you have no emotional weight to her. You don't care who she is. Sure. And so when her sacrifice comes up later, you don't even care that she's sacrificing her life because there's no emotional weight to her character. So I'm not saying Leia should sacrifice herself because I wouldn't have wanted that. But you could have easily had Akbar do it. And like, you know, Leia's trying to flee and Akbar's like, you know, I've led a good life, whatever, I'll do it. And then he just stops the main ship as they're flying. You know, of course, then the, uh, the first order stops and says, like, what's he doing? He turns the ship around into attack position. You know, he's, you know, and then that's when he hits the, you know, the light speed. And you could even have someone on the first order go, oh my God, it's a trap. You know, and then go through the ship. And I think that would have been a much better scene, but whatever. That's me. Sure. I, <laughs> I, I, I grew to like Laura Dern's character, um, actually. So, I mean, because I, I, I guess they got me with the, like, I don't like her. Maybe I like her. I don't know if I trust her. And then, like, to the moment where you're just kind of like, oh, that was awesome. You know? So, I guess they got me. So Okay. I, I, I actually enjoyed. There were per- parts of her that I was, like, not completely sold on. There were aspects or moments where I was like, oh, you know, well, it's little things like why is she wearing a dress? Isn't she an admiral? Why is she wearing a dress? <laughs> it's just little things like that that I was noticing. I was like, oh, well, that's I, think, weird. I think we're led to believe that she's she has some kind of aristocratic background, and and she could be, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't read anything as far as you know. It'd be interesting if the book or the novelization at least divulges a little bit more information about some of these. Um, you know, characters. So I, I don't know. The I guess the novelization isn't coming out until I think like March. So mm. it's coming out uh, in a while. But, okay. um, but yeah. And then um, with uh, with Poe, you know, his storyline was okay. You know, I, I liked the beginning and the fighter pilot thing. That was great. But the whole kind of mutiny, you know, not understanding. It's like the rebel is very, you know, maverick type character. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to be in charge, but I did like, you know, that he's put in his place not once, but twice of like, Hey, yeah. like, 
you're just an underling, shut up and do your job. But it just, it also felt awkward at times to me, you know, and then the fact that at the end, you know, Leia's kind of like follow him and that you're, he's clearly going to be like a general in the next movie because it's probably going to take a 20 or 30 year time leap. I would guess. Uh, well, the, 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 I guess the aspect of, of what the let, you know, there's that moment where, where Luke's going out to fight, you know, and pose and uh, usual act reaction was to blow stuff up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Finn wants to do in that moment as well. But, Poe is the one that's like, no, like this is a distraction. He wants us to leave. So, um, and, and, and just that moment of the passing of the torch, I guess, uh, of Leia to, to Poe in that moment. Um, I don't know. I liked, I actually liked Poe's storyline. Um, I, I agree with you. The Finn Rose, Canto Blight. Um, I think, I think in that moment, it's kind of like, wait, if they can leave, why can't the rest of them just leave? Exactly. Like, so it, they... it kind of takes you out of the 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 impending doom that they're being followed. And I guess the alternative would be, let's just say, if all of Canto Blight just didn't exist, right? Um, and you just didn't have this other because the the movie's long as it is, and and I'm of two minds on this, um, and I lean I lean more on on the it is what it is. And this is this is the pie that we got. Um, but if Canto Blight wasn't in there, and you didn't have this Finn Rose escapade, the movie would be more on a solid two-hour course, and you'd actually have this, I think, more self-contained. Like the eminent direness of them, like trying to escape, would be playing out throughout that period of time where Ray's gone and then it just ends with, with crate. Yeah. So oh, and I agree that there needed to be another element because it's, mm-hmm. it's, kind, of, it's kind of boring. Cause that's the thing like where this one differs from a lot of other star Wars. It's, it's three, it's, it's basically three cartoon <laughs> or three serials all interwoven with each other instead of having like where empire strikes back where you have two or a new hope, which is basically one uh, it's mm-hmm. or even return of the Jedi, which is two as well. Uh, yeah three and it it doesn't quite fit and but you need to have that alternate setting because you're right like if without the casino scene you're basically on the ship or you're on the planet with luke and that's not really that entertaining yeah uh, i I think that canto blight in in some ways you know also feels the most prequel ish it does it it felt very prequel ish yeah um and and I don't know if that's some of the the way the action shots were were done with the the horses or the horse, yeah the horse track thing made made me definitely think of uh, yeah the prequels well yeah the the racing thing but also just kind of like how it was shot or just logistically I I did like the the horses through the casino and the casino scenes uh-huh. it's outside the casino and the logistics of that um, I um, yeah I. I and and then the other the other aspect is you get the the more you know story with um with this which um you know the the ending the the hyperspace that's like a shooting star the more you know yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah so so without without Canto of Light you don't get the more you know and maybe we don't get this peek into where Ryan Johnson is going you know is he going to explore this underbelly side of Star Wars. 
No telling. No yeah. telling. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't like. I I thought Benicio del Toro's character was kind of a waste. You know, he's kind of like a like like as you said, Otis from Mayberry. Or uh, <laughs> I, I I called him Reverse Lando because that's basically what he was. He was the less interesting Lando. You know, mm. that fact that he's a character that's a scoundrel that you don't really know anything about, and he betrays at the end, and that's pretty much it. And you don't know if he died or not, which is interesting. I would I would assume that he escaped. I mean, he had the ship was right there mm-hmm. and they were, they were kind of loading up his ship. So, and it seemed, I don't know. It seemed like he was making a break for it. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess Captain Phasma is dead. Um, I don't know. You could bring her back too, but I mean, that's, I mean, but, that's, it's, that whole story arc to me is one of the most ultimate letdowns. And the fact that, you know, Phasma, which was not really an interesting character anyway, uh, she's like she's just the Boba Fett of this series. Uh, didn't get we didn't learn anything new about her. She showed up, you know, Finn's kind of story arc, which was very minimal at best, uh, kind of got resolution with that. And then he came back and faced, you know, his uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, his former masters or former employers or whatever. right, uh, and showed that he wasn't a coward, mm-hmm. but. To me, that I felt a lot of this movie, as in I'm sure you know Jay in Boston thought I would bring it up. You know, a lot of it does echo Empire, and it does uh, echo a lot of Return of the Jedi, and this whole face down with Phasma and Finn was basically equivalent of Luke and Vader on the the catwalk. That was like that segment of it. Oh, it, it doesn't echo it, or it doesn't copy it, but it's that face down. I guess I would call it, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty weak, but that's what I felt of it. It's like, Oh, okay. That's that part. But I, I just didn't, I didn't really care for it. And the fact that like, I wanted Finn dead anyway. And like, there were right. so many times where he could have been dead. And I was like, just kill I think him I, already. I think yeah. I was the one that called, called you on that. Um, uh, as far as like, I thought that you would, you would say that Finn wanted Finn should have been sacrificed at the end there. Like he should have died. He should have, he should have, I mean, you should have seen me. I was like most moments where I was like, yeah, come on, come on, <laughs> die. And then no. <laughs> One, you've already had a ship fly into another ship, vacuum of space. Irrelevant. You have stormtroopers and phasma. Not running for their lives. No, our priority is to kill this guy right here. Still didn't die. <laughs> it's like, there's like three different times you could have killed Finn. Well, <clears throat> only time will tell if Finn... Um, oh, he won't die. He won't die, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess Phasma is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. It's, it's time will tell if, if um, JJ brings, brings Phasma back. Um, I know we've kind of derailed from from any kind of plot um, assemblage here, but thinking through some of the the main beats here, I, I do agree. Like, let's kind of talk just a little bit more about Canto Blight, sure. um, and maybe, uh, yeah. I, I mean, do you subscribe to the J idea that that he's he's somewhere between being an Otis, where he let himself into the to to sleep off. You know, like like he gets himself in trouble to almost capture a an aristocrat, like almost swindle somebody. Like he, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll never know probably like yeah. why he was in the prison cell. 
But yeah, it's, clearly he can let himself out. So why? Yeah. His motivation, though, from the get go, was money. Right. And he's just an opportunist. Hmm. Um, and I guess somebody interesting to pair him up with BB-8. So I don't know. I mean, there's there's some comic relief moments there. Mm-hmm. So with BB-8. Um, animals throughout this this uh, entire. Um, movie there's like three specific animals that that we get to kind of four four well i guess if you oh yeah the nuns if you count the nuns as an animal i get i do but like okay so (laughs) nuns bothered me a little bit as i already said porgs didn't bother me so much right Uh, the ice foxes i thought was a bit too many i was like why are all these things just hanging around people like i I didn't really get it until the end of what the purpose was but still Mm -hmm. i could have had like two or three and serve the purpose instead of like the 20 that were on screen but by the way that was a, a very rebels kind of solution yeah. to that story it was so, of like oh yeah. let's just follow the animals yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <clears throat> there's one more isn't there the uh the horses basically the horse. yeah i like the horses those are pretty cool i mean they're not really much in it other than just running but i liked it and then i like the one i just you know you catch it out of the, the back of the screen of like when luke and ray are doing something you see like this huge like lizardish kind of sea monster in the water yes i was yes. like that's cool i was like i wonder what that is right uh, well and, and the big huge uh seafoam green uh milk machine oh yeah so that's the one i was thinking of which that was the one scene i was like could have done without that but whatever I think, I think they were trying to show you like luke's routine and how like a little bit maybe off kilter is because when he takes a drink of that and he's just like rah like oh that's so good mm. yeah like yeah. <laughs> I kind of like I kind of like it just for his expression alone like I mean it's weird and I and guess, they had to throw in something weird I guess that's disgusting but yeah I I liked his expression um and I and I liked Mark Hamill for the most part I I agree I don't I don't yeah this isn't how George Lucas probably would have written this um. And it wasn't. It didn't carry an emotional weight with me when he died. No, me neither. Um, yeah. So I was. Um, I I just felt I I understood it after I thought about it, like why he died. Mm-hmm. But it just this is one of the this is the one of the the one of the issues I have with that whole story arc in that you're introducing an element of the force that an audience has not seen yet with the whole physical part of being through the force, you know, up until now you've had force ghosts, you've had interactions within a visible area of you, you know, so like you can force pull, you can force push, you can do lightning, but it's all within your, you know, surroundings or where you are physically at. So I did not like, you know, that Yoda was physically able to touch Luke Mm-hmm. And I didn't like what Luke did at the end uh, because I felt it was too soon. Like if you just wanted to introduce it like they did with Ray and Kylo and like they just touched for that brief second with their hands, yeah, that would have been okay because you're just slowly kind of going like, this is something we haven't seen before because, and that's just like, because I remember when that first happened, I was like, how the heck is that possible? You know, and then Snoke later says, I bridged the gap because Snoke was supposed to be this all powerful in the dark side. So you're like, okay, because he is a master, like so powerful that he can physically do that. Right. You know? And so I think that would have been fine just to leave it there. Like, so this power is possessable 
uh, to physically project yourself somewhere. I, and the I also think that this, um, just, just to kind of, I'll let you continue there, just at least on Snoke, I think this might also be how Snoke perhaps, uh, uh, you know, made his connection with Ben Solo was through this projection ability, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe he bridged himself with Ben Solo. Because think about it, like, he's not, like, where was Snoke at? Like, how did he, like, pick, you know? Well, that makes not- that's actually brilliant right there what you're saying because that was the one part of it i couldn't figure out um when ben solo says that like how are you doing this because you should be dead by doing this i was like well how would you know ben i was like all you've known is luke right and, but and if luke, it's snoke yeah but if snoke showed him then it's like oh that makes total sense uh and then the fact that luke did it after turning himself away from the force for so long uh like you didn't know if he knew this power or not and then and but he's also, he, he's also at the first temple. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying like, I just didn't like that. I didn't like that he okay. projected. Like I would have liked it better. What you guys said, like getting your getting your X-wing, fly there, physically do it. No, no. I, I like the whole I like the whole uh, across the cosmos thing. I like it uh, because it's all it, it doesn't matter. It's all the force. So I mean, and he's he's kind of higher up. That's also the other thing with the Yoda thing, like. The fact that Yoda can summon the, the, lightning the lightning or tap him on the nose, I think that was Yoda's way of seeing, like, you don't know everything because I can do this, you know. But, uh, in all, but in all the – I know that, like, you can make the same argument with, you know, they didn't know about Force ghosts either until Qui-Gon Jinn. But, like, all of a sudden, you know, for thousands of years, no one's ever been able to do this, and now they can do this. And that's what I'm saying about, like, introducing it. You can't just dump it all on the audience the way they did. Like, it, it, I felt it should have been – like just a just a, one s- simple example, and then <laughs> next movie. All right, fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I I I liked. Uh, I mean, I I did mention on the on the part one um, whether or not this is what it was. I know I know there is as as Chris is giving me a hard time symbolism uh, behind the. Uh, did you get Did you get that joke? The joke about. S- Okay, so because I think you said symbology instead of symbology. symbolism, yeah, and symbology yeah. It was like what I do with like maps. So you make maps, and it's symbology. Oh, okay. And you said symbology, and so in that in the movie Boondock Saints, there's a part where a guy says that, and he goes, "Oh, the symbology of this." And then uh, William Defoe's character is being a he's a really smart guy. He goes, "The word you're looking for is symbolism," <laughs> not you know. And so it's that's what that's what Boston was doing, just quoting right. the movie. <clears throat> In my wordsmithing, <laughs> um, I meant symbolism of the dice, uh, you know, as but far as yeah. what, what they meant. But, but I also thought perhaps this is Luke also testing this ability. If he can fool her, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, it's almost like baby stepping. And he's like, okay, if I, can, if I can manifest this and place this in Leia's hand. Well, then I... I- you can even ask. You can even ask Cliff, like if you ever talked to him. Uh, I knew it wasn't Luke immediately, and I didn't know that that was going to happen mm-hmm. just because the fact that when he showed up and he had a short beard, all oh. brown, all brown hair, I was like, "That's not Luke." I was like, "That is something else." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he was like, "We talking about?" I was like, "That's not Luke." Yeah. And well, and then when he pulled the lightsaber out too, um, right? You're like, "Wait, where did that lightsaber come from?" Mm-hmm. You know, and I kept looking at the hilt. Um, 
And I wondered where, where Luke's green lightsaber was, though. Me too, right? I mean, you'd think that it's in that buried temple. Yeah. Wherever it crashed maybe, down. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's at the bottom of his X-Wing, but... Uh, That's really where I didn't... I mean, I, I could see you know the Luke depression element of his character. I just didn't like Luke trying to kill Ben. You know, I, I kind of felt that was... Yeah, a betrayal. A betrayal of the character, because I just can't see Luke doing that. You know, yeah, everyone has their moments of doubt, Mm -hmm. but I just don't, I can't see that happening. And even though it was really clever to see the different points of view and things like Mm -hmm. that, you know, Ben's point of view, then Luke's point of view or whatever, I just, I felt that was a total betrayal of the character. But but he did hesitate, and he, it was in that hesitation, mm -hmm. that the misjudgment and the perception, which I like, because it's, it's looking at um, things from two, two different points of view. And then, and they, they show us that um, in that moment, they also show us the Brown beard. So yeah, so your, your, your cue is, is so like, Oh, that's, that's what Luke used to look like right. before he went into retirement. Yeah. It's so. very, uh, it's very proxy in um, the force uh, unleashed. Do you remember that? Um, no. Proxy was the droid, the oh, sparring pro- droid. Yeah. And he would uh, turn into all the different characters and they would look exactly the way they were. No. Hmm. But anyway, <laughs> off topic. Um, all right. Uh, so I know we've, we've kind of jumped all over the place. Let's, let's talk about that end um, and the, the, well, the final kind of late. Okay. There. Well, okay. So the, the last and final story arc, which is Ray. Oh, we, did, we jumped over Snoke. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, over Snoke. Yeah, like, so we, we talk about it during the whole story thing. Okay. I liked it. I liked it. I thought the connection part of Ray and, and Kylo was brilliant, and I liked a lot of things that happened. However, you know, you guys called it on this, and this story arc is basically the leftover bits of uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. That's what it is. Uh, not all of it, but a lot of it. And it's the fact that, you know, she shows up, he doesn't want to train her. Same way Yoda didn't want to train him. He mm-hmm. does train her. So Yoda eventually trained him too. But the training sequence is kind of a letdown because you only get, I mean, you get a really funny moment right there at the beginning. Right. Uh, that's it. And so in the 40 plus minutes that are dedicated to this, nothing really mm-hmm. happens. I mean, she dumps down the, the dark butthole of the dark side. And uh, that was even disappointing to me too because as soon as I saw what she was looking at, I got really excited because I remembered the original Clone Wars cartoon uh, in part two when they were trying to uh, promote Anakin from Padawan to Jedi Knight and the ugly uh, Jedi Master's like, he never faced the mirror, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, is this the mirror? You know, is this looking inward at himself? And it wasn't. It was more of like a weird echo and her wanting to know her parents again. And I didn't understand it. I guess the same way a lot of people don't understand Empire Strikes Back either with Luke, sure. you know. But I was like, oh, man, they could have done something so much better, I felt, with that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, but I just felt it was kind of a letdown. Uh, so, once again, it's another Empire kind of echo. Um, and then you have this whole connection with, uh, with uh, Kylo and her. It's the same way as with Luke, you know, summoning the Force and seeing Han and Leia being tortured and Chewie. And, and then he, and what does Luke do? He immediately wants to go to Echo, uh, to uh, Bespin 
and she immediately wants to go find Kylo. And you even have the same line of, of, uh, I felt the good in him, you know, and, and then Luke's like, this is not going to go the way you think it is because he's already done this. Yeah. And, and so that's what I mean. It gets echoing. And then, then you, you get out of the empire parallels and you get into the return of the Jedi thing is that she shows up. He takes her directly to Snoke the same way Vader takes him directly to the emperor. He even had the handcuffs and it must be, life must be really boring for Snoke. Cause all he's doing is sitting in that chair in a red room. And you know, at least the emperor could look out. In space. He has like, got, he's got a kind of a TV screen that comes down. Maybe, when, yeah. When the guards go away, like you can watch yeah. the game in there. So, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's kind of the same, you know, and I, I didn't hate it. And I'm just pointing out these parallels, people. I'm just saying, like, this is what I saw it as. And I thought it was interesting. I didn't hate it. It's just yeah. not like I did. Um, I guess uh, I, see, I see the parallels that you're, I see the parallels there. I'm not, I'm not blind to some of those, those sequences or even some of those references uh, that they make in their speech. Um, but that uh, I guess the Snoke scene was was probably one of those those moments that I was most satisfying as the movie watcher, where where they where things felt really live, like I didn't know what was going to happen, and I was so happy that they killed Snoke because it felt I don't know it felt like I didn't know what was going to happen next. That's you know? true, and and to see these things like to see it unfold like where they're back to back and fighting and you're just like oh my gosh like what's going to happen next like is he going to go good is she going to go bad like what i don't know it again and meanwhile the fact that they were blowing up the ships at that point mm-hmm. it, it felt the most like everything was in peril and i felt very much more i guess in that moment of, of being in that universe and um, it feeling like Star Wars to me. Um, whether no, it, did. It, it totally did. Yeah, you know, I'm not arguing there. Uh, I like I said, I, like I said, I was entertained. I liked the movie. I just, yeah. like I said, like some things worked, some things didn't, and that's just my opinion on it. Sure. Uh, no, no, it's fair enough. Um, the um, and I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. I, I think these are just these these areas that uh, uh, straight. You know. I like the divisiveness of this, um, you know, movie. The fact that fans are a little bit more divided about it. Um, it reminds me even more of Empire because when Empire Strikes came came out, um, you know, fans were a little bit more divisive about about it. The fact that it wasn't like Star Wars that this was this was something different, you know, and that it doesn't end happy. You know, there was there's a yeah. lot. Of, and 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 fans being like, no, that's total BS. Darth Vader's not his father. Like, that's not that's not true. You know, and I mean, and fans now, like, I mean, I I'm just as guilty. I was like, wait, no, she's she's from somebody still, right? Like, he's lying to her. But the more I I think about it, and the more I understand just the themes of the movie, no, like she she comes from nowhere, and I am totally accepting of that. In fact. No, and that's what I that's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, I was I was extremely happy with that. You know, uh I think you and I have talked about this on multiple I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. It, it's it's just one of those things that I wonder like if JJ Abrams comes back to this and he's like, No, I wanted Ray to be like Leia's daughter. Like yeah. all of a sudden, like I mean he's gonna you don't think that's gonna happen. You think I, I would hope not. Uh yeah. I, was, I, I liked it because I never liked midichlorians because, you know, in the original trilogy, every kid that grew up in our generation, 
you felt more like, oh, if I just learn to be a Jedi, you're, 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 it's like practicing a religion. Like if you yeah. learn to focus, you know, like meditation or whatever, then you can become a Jedi. And then it kind of got ruined with the whole midichlorians thing is that, Oh, it has to be a, a by birth thing of like who your parents were. And this, I mean, it still is that kind of way for Ray in a way and that they were nobodies, but they were still force sensitive parents probably. And, yeah. or maybe yeah. one was, maybe some, it was, maybe one wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the fact that it's open to, and, and that's, I guess where I'm kind of divided on the last scene of the, um, the movie. With the where rocks? Oh no, not the rocks. Uh, just with with the little kid in the broom. You know, I love Yeah, like that. I love the fact that it's saying like, "Hey, here's a peasant kid that's picking up a broom." Mm-hmm. And he's 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 this is where it's headed. Is that well, this is where the resistance is going to be born from? I think it's just all of the other trappings around it that kind of Go ahead. This is this is what worries me. This is the only thing that really when I left the movie I kind of was like, "Okay, this is weird because if the force awakens was a retelling of a new hope and the major story arcs in the last Jedi are empire and return of the Jedi. So you've, you've wasted, you've spent your original material for the most part of what they were copying and the resistance is done. There's like 15 of them and they're showing like these kids you know, like, you know, this is just the beginning. So they're going to basically have to start again. And that's, that was my issue with the movie is that you're still in the same spot you were at the end of the last movie is that there's not a lot of character development. There's not a lot of progression as a story. You know, the resistance is still in control. Uh, But are they going to wait 20, 30 years to, uh, to have like, I think they could even move forward five years. I mean, they, they, you know, if you think about the, the events, um, I mean, it, it's not like they have to have a giant fleet, but if they could at least show progress, I, I, I could even see 10 years from now, if they, if they move it in time and we come back and, and Ray has a school of Jedi that she's training, you know, I think there's, there's ways that they can move beyond the original trilogy, as far as storylines, as far as retelling this trapping of this, you know, the, the Sith always wanting to turn on, on each other. Mm-hmm. is going to be a true thing throughout the, the saga for the most part, because that's how they work. They're always going to want to turn the yeah. other person, their, their pupil. Right. And that was another, that was another exact, another copy of it as well, you know, and that uh, Kylo reaches out to her the same way Vader does, you know, like come with me and together we'll rule, you know, it's the same, very Sith like of just like it takes two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's something from a dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know. I, so I, I guess I guess I see potential. I see like a lot of. Well, this one, the, the next one's going to be a blank canvas, and that is something I do like because that was the one thing that I had said is like, if I do not like the Last Jedi, I will not go watch Episode Nine, and it did at least make, make me go, okay, I'll watch the next one because I didn't leave it going that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, and I guess the uh, this isn't really a spoiler. This is just the working title. This is not the actual oh, yeah, the working title. of the movie. This is the working title. This is kind of like the the blue harvest of of uh, episode nine, but it's it's called Black Diamond. Is the so, so they go they go snow skiing? I guess. So. <laughs> 
Uh, no, but like, you know, I, I could totally see uh, it make the time jump make sense as well. Um, the fact that like, oh, we're having to rebuild the resistance from like kids that were former slaves or whatever. Right. Uh, and it, it also answers the Leia question and the fact mm-hmm. that you could easily have a funeral service for her at the very beginning, or at least some acknowledgement of like, oh, our, our brave general passed away from natural causes or whatever. And then that's like, you know, the first few minutes of the movie and then it moves on. Uh, right. Cause like, you know, if, if enough time has gone by, it would make sense for an audience to believe that. I mean, I, I understand what Jay was, was trying to say about like, this was the perfect opportunity to kill off Leia and they should have kept Luke alive. I, I mean, I, there's part of me that, that understands where he's coming from. The other part is, is that I, I do like, that we have these strong, strong two, you know, two strong female, you know, leaders kind of, you know, this is what it, the seeds of the resistant or resistance are going to be born from as, as these two strong heroines, I guess. So um, I don't know. I think there, it just leads for opportunities for stories for them. So you don't have to necessarily, um, I don't know. And, and really, you know, when I think about the the time that takes place between Star Wars and Empire, there's a lot of time there. There's like about five five, years. Five years, yeah. Yeah. And the amount of comics and stories that have come out from that is just, it's not five years worth. It's probably like 20 years worth. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's fun story fodder. And I think that that's what this new trilogy needs. They do need that. You know, the, the prequels, they have the Clone Wars. They have this era in which they can fill it with stories about these, these heroes, you know, maybe building the resistance, you know, so that we can have these, um, you know, and ultimately, I mean, it is, it is as, as we record about this, you know, it is also about the younger generation that, um, is getting into the movies, you know, obviously the ports are there for Disney to sell to kids. And I bought one for my daughter for Christmas. So that's taken care of. I just was unpleasantly surprised when it made the squawking noise. I thought it was going to just be a plush kind of like, oh, this is cute. But then, no, we got to put a little electronic device in everything. So Speaking of, yeah, like a, like Chewie, what a waste of a character. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. another issue. Because like he, he kicks in the door, and the whole Porg scene I thought was another PC kind of thing of like, don't oh, eat God. meat. But I mean, I thought it was funny, but it's just like, oh, okay. And then that's it. You see him pilot the Millennium Falcon and hug Leia at the end. And it's like, wow, like, how can you do that to Chewie? Like, he's right. just, you know, like, Chewie and R2 were both sidelined in this movie. Yeah. So, and I, I, I don't, I don't understand if they're just like, well, Peter Mayhew's not around. So we really can't use you anymore. And Kenny Baker passed away. So we really can't use R2 anymore. Like, I, I don't. I don't know what the hesitation is about the use. I liked R2, uh, what we did get of him. Yeah. But, um, and I like that Luke called him out on it. He's like, that's a cheap move. But it worked for me. <laughs> it did. It, like, I was actually kind of emotional in that scene, like even watching it a second time. Like, yeah, that, I liked that, the fact that he was being called upon. Yeah, that was the uh, one, like, I think one of two potential spoilers that I had seen just like a something that flashed up on Facebook of like oh. old hologram, old hologram used, you know? And I was like, what? And mm. I didn't know, I didn't know the context of how it was going to be used. And right. I was like, and then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like that or not. But then when it did, it's the same as like with the porgs, you know, you see them, mm. and you're like, what the heck's that? And then if you, if you see what they're, what they're, how they're used, you're like, Oh, okay. No big deal. 
Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I felt with the hologram. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I agree that Chewie is kind of a sideline. And the other thing, too, I mean, we, we've talked about Life Day on this show. We did a podcast <laughs> uh, celebrating it. Uh, is this the only day that they get to go home to visit their families? Because what's Chewie? He has a wife and kid. Like, and he's just fine hanging out with this girl. Like, that, that, that was 39 years ago. So I'm assuming that his kids are all grown and out of the house now. You know, he could have sure. gotten, gotten a divorce because clearly he's an absentee father. He's <laughs> just totally so, bouncing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really the only reason that Lumpy was excited is because life day is the only day that Chewie comes home. Yeah. Bring that so, alimony home. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's just my, my thoughts on Chewie though. But yeah, that's, I agree with both you and Chris that he was underused. Um, moving forward in episode nine, it, it is confirmed that obviously like, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and, uh, Adam Driver will be in it. Um, other characters that are most likely to reoccur that we would see, I would assume that we would see Chewie again in R2, C3PO. Um, Rose, would you would you take a... No. I mean, no, Rose, you don't... Rose is, I mean, no, I don't care if she's in it or not, but like, right. she's, just, she's just like a, a Finn in that like, I don't care about her character in the slightest bit. You know, it's like, you know, her sister died who we literally saw for 20 seconds in the movie. And I was, I, you know, it's like, I don't really care. Uh, okay. <laughs> and um, it's just, I, I just didn't feel any establishment to that character. Cause it's well, not. And if it is, if it's moved forward in time, I mean, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. Who knows? And, and we're just speculating. JJ Abrams could be like, no, nope, I want to do what happens two hours after that. I don't know why, but you know, it's like two hours after that, they show up at hang and buy a new base with, with uh, princess Leia's ever, ever ending money supply. So um, anyway, it was depressing that nobody was responding, you know, because they're called, I mean, we've all been there, you know, you're, you're hard up. You need some help, whether it's money or maybe you've asked a girl out and you just get nothing, no response. You're texting your girlfriend and she's not responding. And you're like, you better answer. This is the fifth text message woman. <laughs> it, it says delivered, but it doesn't yeah. say read yet. Yeah. And, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened to the resistance. That's the worst place to be in. It's like, deli- it's been delivered, but nobody's read it. They're, mm-hmm. they're actually rejecting our calls now. Um, anyway. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like it's really like I need to talk about. Okay. No, that's okay. I was just going to run over some of the other characters that we'll probably okay, see. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Lieutenant Connix, um, also known as uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. We'll probably see her again. I would, I would assume uh, general Hux. I mean, we saw him almost get a chance to, to shoot Kylo. Um, uh, those seem like they're most likely to return and and possible maybes in episode nine. And I would say in this order as being most likely that we would see them is obviously force ghost Luke. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how we don't get a force ghost Luke. Oh, I think it's guaranteed. You know, um, I, don't know how, I don't know how much of it'll be in there. I mean, mm-hmm. I would, I, I really thought we would get more than just, that's something I didn't say. Ghost force freaking Yoda. Uh, <laughs> did he, did he, he looked like he just got out of the boxing ring. 
I mean, like his face was all like swole up. I was like, what happened with Yoda? Like he did not force ghost age. Well, I didn't. Every, I think this is the problem with Yoda. Every Yoda is different. It doesn't matter what Yoda, you, you know, you got this Yoda here, you got that Yoda there. I mean, I, I've seen Yoda five different ways and he never looks the same or correct. Did. Right. I mean, it's like Jabba. Like we'll never get a return yeah. of the Jedi Jabba again. Which is the most realistic Java, and that's the only Java that I believe exists. I would have liked to have seen you know, Force Ghost Obi Wan as well. Maybe we'll get one next episode. But uh, but with with you and McGregor, like all of a sudden he just ages. Yeah. He's like, and he's just like, he's just like, well, I like this body better or something. Like, <laughs> like they have to make a joke about it or something. Like, like Ben, you look different. He's like, I don't know. Um. So, uh, Maz, I don't know if we're going to get to see her again. That, that, was, another point, that was another pointless uh, kind of It story. was somewhat pointless because it related to Canto Blight and the, uh, the blight on the story. Um, DJ, the, uh, <laughs> guess, guess who's, who DJ is. He was in this movie. It's played by Nicio Del Toro. Oh, that, that, was, that was DJ. That was DJ. Okay, I don't really care if he comes back or not. Right. Uh, and like, it, that's like a huge plot hole. Like, how did he know they were cloaking the ships in order to tell the Empire? Like, I, that, what? You just well, got here. <clears throat> he's, he's a scanner slicer dude. I know, oh. but still, how does he know the Rebel Alliance or the Resistance is trying to get away on ships that are cloaking? And I'm sorry... But no ship that small has a cloaking device. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's a line for me. Oh, yeah, for an empire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why you would want to bring up an empire reference on this Last Jedi podcast. <laughs> okay. Fine. I mean, you crushed it like a soda pop can. Congratulations, Nick. Okay. You win the Nick Pick Award of 2017. Last Jedi in the hey, books. Um, I'm, just po- I'm just pointing out. Hate Captain, me, hate, love me or hate me for it. Um, so, where would you rank it? Where would let me just say, where would you rank it in the first of all in this new Disney era of movies? You've got three. Just the, just, just the Disney era. Just movies? the Disney era of, of movies. You got three. Number two. Number two. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue, one's, one. the, Rogue one's the best by far, and then uh, then Last Jedi, and then yeah, Force Awakens is the worst in my opinion. It's just okay. crap. How would you rank? What would your ranking overall be? Yeah, I, so. I said this. I did this on the other day on Facebook. Uh, so, um, so you have Empire number one, Star Wars number two, Return of the Jedi number three, Rogue One, four, uh, Revenge of the Sith, then Last Jedi, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, holiday special, <laughs> and then the Phantom, uh, and then the Force Awakens. Oh yeah, then Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens is like you could put that down at like ninety nine. Right. You know? So that so the Star Wars special comes before that. Yeah. I would, gl- I would gladly watch the holiday special over Force Awakens. Okay. Um, I agree with with certain parts. I'm I'm probably a little bit higher on Last Jedi right now. Um, like I said, I've only so. seen it once. I might like it again in the second viewing because I like I. I remember when I watched the force awakens, I hated it the first time. I liked it a little bit more the second time. And then like, so like it was like a zero first viewing and then like mm-hmm. maybe a four 
four on the second viewing and then like kind of level off at like a three from then on. So where would you rank it out of uh, four? We were ranking them based on porgs that we would eat or. Um... Yeah, yeah, you guys uh, ranked it a lot higher than I would. Um, mm -hmm. Out of four, I think I gave it like a two and a half or maybe just a two. Um, okay. Like I said, I liked it. I would never go up to someone and say, do not watch this movie. Yeah. You know, uh, so do you think the, the fan criticism is, is too harsh at this point? Or, or what do you think uh, all of this hoopla? I think, so, I think some of it is absolutely uh, not justified. Um, so it's I think a bit a, extreme. I, it's a bit extreme, yeah. I think a lot of the hate is just coming from the Luke aspect and the fact that they did not like seeing their childhood hero be this confused dark character you know and then him just die without really i mean it was him at peace but i think they wanted to see him have more of a heroic stand i mean even though it was a heroic stand yeah it's, just, it's not he, it's not what i think a lot of people expected yeah you know? um i mean i think um, it's like uh, he is I the spark and um i will say that uh he is the spark as far as like the the, the turn of the of the tides um when he comes in um, also my favorite track from the, uh, the soundtrack is called, uh, the spark, which oh. uh, has to do with Luke's entrance. He, uh, reuses, uh, the themes of Luke and Leia and that, yeah. that passage. And it's, it's nice. It's nice hearing that again. So, um, and, uh, the main, the main kind of theme that you hear from the trailer is also in that, um, that little bit of, um, it's kind of the buildup basically to, to him facing off against Kylo. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, because I'm looking at some of my notes, and I was like, you know. Uh, yeah, no, go for it. Uh, what we else do you have on your we, we didn't talk about Snoke much. So, right. like, yeah. Like, uh, and that goes back to what I was saying is, like, so if it was Disney's goal to basically retell the original uh, trilogy in two movies, it makes total sense for Snoke to die in this movie because he's the emperor. And they're like, oh, let's just kill him. But you also have no backstory to him whatsoever. You don't know why he came to power, where he's from, what his motivation is, other than just to rule. Uh, yeah. And that, to me, is disappointing because, like, you're seeing a total really cool villain, especially the only cool villain in the movie because Kylo is not really a villain. You know, he's, he's this scared he's, kid. He's born into becoming a villain in this, this episode. Like, that is his... That is his progression basically i mean he's been wanting he's a wannabe villain mm -hmm. um and through this we get to see him actually you know where he's at and where we leave him is basically taking on that mantle of being the supreme leader maybe he doesn't know as much as what snoke does but he's definitely like taking on that you know um i'm curious who's who's running the galaxy who's running because the galaxy he's running the galaxy because the new republic's gone Right, Supreme Leader's gone. You really think uh, Kylo Ren's going to be uh, running the galaxy? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, he's got the First Order and Hux behind him, so so we'll yeah. see about that. I I think that the backstory for for Snoke, and and this is kind of how I feel for a lot of this. You know, like, well, who's this person, and what's this going on? I love that about Star Wars. It's what I love about A New Hope. It jumps you into the action where you kind of have to figure out some things and you're and along the way, if you piece it together or as what has now happened, there's tons of books that you can read about all of the ancillary characters if you want to know more. And I, 
I guess as, 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 you know, I know that's a crutch to say like, Hey, we get more, you know, stuff, but I think that there's been a, a big freeze on a certain pocket of time. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping to see that Disney opens that up now and we can start to find out now what happened to Luke between those, those periods that maybe we can get Luke's adventure still from post Jedi all the way up until he's running the temple. Um, you know, I think that there's more, there's more there to be mined. And, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess that's kind of how I feel on, on some of those, like getting more from these characters than, than just what happened in this movie. Um, anyway, but what were you going to say there as far as I, I didn't mean to. Oh, I don't know. I just like, I just, I didn't have much, but that, that's what I was just, cause we didn't talk much Snoke. about Snoke. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I, I thought that was so like, I loved all of his scenes. I thought they were some of the best ones in the movie. Cause mm -hmm. it's the same thing as like with the emperor is like, you don't know. It's the mystery of what are his powers. Right. Know, like, what can he do? You know, I even liked the humor of kind of like uh, an echoing of when, uh, Luke summoned the lightsaber and then Vader, you know, crossed it, you know, in Return of the mm -hmm. Jedi. Like you say, Ray tried to do the same thing, but Snoke yeah. sees it coming a million miles away and this spins it around the room and hits her in the back of the head. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, that's a playoff of uh, The Force Awakens, too, because she summons yeah. the lightsaber and it comes right to her, and this time it does. It smacks her in the head. Right. Um, so, but uh, I like yeah, go ahead. But I just, I just liked, uh, you know, everything, you know, like the him force lightning Kylo. I liked, you know, everything mm -hmm. about it. I just thought it was really cool. Uh, and that he, I didn't like the, his guards that much. I thought that was a bit silly. How like anything that happened, they all were like, I'm like, why are you, why are you doing that? Like, it's just Kylo. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think, I think they were just establishing like what the, the, the fact that each of their weapons had something on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm only, I'm only saying this because, based on what I've read from Ryan Johnson, like in his interviews, like, or the, the breakdown of different things, he was very conscious of like one thing telling this other thing that might happen later. And so I think that that's basically there as a way of saying like, Hey, these light up. Oh, so. Okay. It's like, it's like, I know it's weird because like the nipple scene, like why do we need the nipple scene? But apparently based on his own words, <laughs> it yeah. was there to establish for, that they could uh, see, yeah, okay. yeah, whatever. Like, so you managed to get your shirt off. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a Galaxy Quest quote. If anybody, <laughs> no. uh, <clears throat> well, um, I don't know how to finish this up here because uh, I feel like we could we could talk about the Last Jedi um, more, and and we probably will. I would I would think in some future podcasts come back to. I'm sure you know, with the repeat viewings, I'm sure I'll have completely different thoughts. You know. And, um, different ideas, but like these are just the ones that off the top of my head today. Uh, no, and and we're getting you actually more immediate than than what Chris and I were because okay. you know I had seen it twice, Jay had seen it twice. Um, Jay and I are, are obviously a, a little bit more sweet on it, um, and I think that uh, it's it's fair that uh, you know we do kick the kick the tires. You know, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, that, uh, I, I've, I'm more. You know, Jay, I think called it. You know, I'm more the dark side. So, you know, <laughs> with, with you, with you three, you know, on the first podcast being in the light, I'm definitely in the dark. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I will say that there were moments that even even after my first viewing, where I was like, "Wait, what happened to the Falcon? Why did Chewie drop her off? And then where did he go? Did he just? Why didn't he just hang out with the fleet? Like, what? You know, like where did he go? Like that part felt rushed right. to me. Um, so you know the. 
and again, like I wasn't completely sold on Canto Blight. I, I, I do feel the more I think about it, the more I break it down as far as like you needed something there. Is it the perfect thing? No. No. It's what I we said, got. Yeah, I agree. Like I said that no. earlier. Like you needed something there. It just wasn't I didn't feel it was what was absolutely needed. Right. So uh, um I do think that um you know we'll we'll have probably some more time to to digest this and and like I said, we'll, we'll probably do another podcast, I would I would think some point in the future talking about the last Jedi. <laughs> so, um, all right, just to, to close up the show here, um, I guess, uh, I would like to thank some of our special patrons that make this possible. If you'd like to become a patron, go on to, uh, I think it's patron.com slash Jan Jack, become a patron men- member. Um, some of our special patrons, uh, that make this show and all of our shows possible on the Jan Jack, uh, network here is uh tack from tokyo molly the millennial falcon and uh let's see eckhart richter yeah 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 i I always i'm and uh let's see uh ed the the letter the letter carrier carrier he just carries letters not packages except for this time of year Uh, love what you do thank you for everyone that helps us out that way as well as uh you can go on to our uh, Amazon uh, website. Um, there's a Amazon, I think is, what is it? Amazon slash Jack or is it Jack? Jack slash Amazon. Yeah. Okay. I always get those two confused. I put the links in the show notes. So if you're curious, you can click on those there. Um, let's see. I think that's it, right? Yeah. Anything else I missed? I don't know. I'm sure that as soon as we hang up, I'll be like, oh, I should have talked about that. But- yeah. Like I said, that's what later podcasts are always for. Send your hate mail to. Oh yeah, the force uh, <laughs> is well done at gmail.com If you oh, did, we get any emails that were left for me? Oh oh yeah oh geez, I can't believe uh, yeah, yeah. I, did, I did leave one. Um, so did you? Uh, here I'll bring it up. If I can't believe I forgot, I did. I, I asked for these emails, and and here I'm about ready to just uh, to forget about uh, just forget them. them all. Um, <clears throat> JJ Abrams. A little boy named JJ writes in and says, <laughs> "Golly, guys, I like your podcast, but the one guy swears too much. What should I do?" Um, well, JJ, um, it's nothing that you won't hear later in your life. So just grow up here. Just a word. <laughs> Forcing you to drink green milk. This this email is from Craig. Um, hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. <clears throat> So I just saw The Last Jedi Thursday night and am seeing it again tonight. I absolutely loved it. Did it have flaws? Yes. But what move but what movie does? Doesn't. I think that's what he meant, yeah. The trolls on Twitter Twitter are driving me crazy like it's the end of the world. The main three things that bothered me. One, lack of Snoke backstory. There you go. Two, Canto Blot plight uh Canto Blight plot line. And three Reveal of Ray's parents. One, I love Snoke's death scene and the fight that followed. I just wish we had we would have gotten a little bit more backstory, like exactly how he turned Kylo. Mm-hmm. We don't know much about the rise of the First Order and Snoke's rise to power. I just really hope we get more of this in Episode Nine. Two. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, like I think I think Matt hit it on the head though with that pretty 
early on, like you see it with Luke, you know, like saying Snoke had already turned his mind as he's looking inward. And so Snoke had clearly had that bridge to his brain at some point. And I think that's how he was turned from like probably just from within. I mean, he could have been just while he was sleeping, you know, like maybe Ben Solo was unconsciously being turned and Luke was sensing that. Oh, yeah. It could have been anything. I mean, that's yeah. just how you, how you want to look at it. I mean, if, if it's an answer that's never answered, that's probably how I'll look at it. <clears throat> It'd be interesting if we actually go back to the ruined temple of, Jet, of, of Luke's, you know, and maybe we get some other clue or maybe there's another Jedi that, that he was training that uh, Ray hooks up with. I mean, there's... Um, a lot of potential if JJ wants to. Like um, I said, it's, it's a blank canvas. Episode nine is a yeah. total blank canvas. Yeah. yeah. Um, number two, I didn't hate the Finn Rose plotline. There were just some good beats to it. I just feel 15 minutes could be trimmed from it and the main story would not be affected. Three, I like that Ray's parents were nobody but just wish there was more to it. Um, or they hadn't made a big deal about it in episode seven. Okay, now that I got my gripes out on onto what I liked about the movie, everything else. The movie was a bold new direction for Star Wars, and I loved it. They would set up a moment, and you would think you knew uh, where they were headed with it. One example is Kylo's change of heart after killing Kylo. After killing Kylo and the fight... Ensued, that ensued. Oh, I think he meant after Snoke. killing Snoke. Snoke yeah. yeah. And the fight that ensued. Also, shout out to Yoda. It was so good to see a puppet Yoda again and not weird like looking like episode one. Overall, it was a great movie. Uh, it is better than episode one. I will give you that. Didn't Overall. They see, didn't they CGI over him, though, now? For in episode one? Oh, I don't I know. I think they did. Uh, I don't watch it enough to really know. Lastly, he writes, uh, overall, it was a great movie, and I'm sure there was... Uh, was a ton of things I get, uh, I need to watch, I think you meant to put, I didn't get. I need to watch it a few more times and let everything soak in. Craig Griffiths, Griff, Griffiths? Anyway, thank you, Craig, uh, for yeah. writing in. We really appreciate it. I, yeah, Craig, I think you're, you're dead on. I think you know, you've kind of echoed what me and Matt have talked about here. You know, there's definitely things that worked and things that didn't work. And uh, that's every movie, though. Yeah. Well, and it, again, is it the I, best, best Star Wars movie? No. It, in the saga, no, but it's definitely not the worst. And uh, I like that it's a, I don't know, at least I can say two, I don't know. I like it. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm excited about uh, where this is going to take the franchise now. And uh, at least to echo Craig's part, I like the fact that um, it did push against everything that we knew, that we know. It was a bit unexpected and it kept things live. And I guess if, there's a uh, Star Wars fan in Nick's heart. He likes it with oh. heart. <laughs> on on the edge of your seat. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought it was beautifully shot. I liked a lot of cinematography. Oh, you're you're taking the George Lucas approach here. Nice. Well, you know, George, I think one of the reasons why he got lost was you know he felt that a lot of people thought. I just action. made his comments about the movie. He just was like, "It's a beautifully made movie." It was a beautifully made movie. Uh, there's, but yeah, exactly. There's, there's just a lot of eras and things that I wouldn't have done. But yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a director or production <laughs> producer for Walt Disney. So. so if you want to get in touch with Nick, go ahead and um, hit him up on Coffee and Bagels or uh, 
the force is well done at gmail.com. No, I mean, I mean, I welcome any kind of uh, rebuttals to anything I've said here. Um, I, I kind of think of this now because it's a two-parter. Like, you guys were all positive, and I'm kind of the rebuttal of... of the no, it, it works. It works. And I, and I don't think that the last Jedi conversations are over with. I would uh, hope that we have, you know, maybe even a conciliatory one that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we have some other guests on. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what else we can do uh, this year um, or possibly when we have some more time. You guys brought up at the end of the last podcast uh, if you think Han Solo will get pushed to December or not. Oh, right. Yeah, that's correct. I, yeah. I would think it would because I don't think the – maybe they would. But I, I just don't think that people would be ready for us to know the Star Wars so quickly. Right. Right. I mean, we're, so, we're almost so conditioned I, to have them in December now. Yeah, and I, I, but I think it would – because you've got the fact that it lost a director – Right. And that some people are already kind of against having a Han Solo. I think it would hurt it to mm-hmm. have it come out so quickly. Yeah. Whereas if you wait a year or wait till next December, people are like, okay, it's been a year. Time to see another one. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's how a lot of people will feel. I think it'd be a smart move for Disney to wait till December. Well, um, as much as I would like to have a, a, another Star Wars movie, um, quickly on the heels of this, um, I, I would agree with you on that assessment. Um, especially, especially how divisive this is uh, right now, and and going into the solo and already people. I mean, I know myself. I was just like, why did you do solo? Mm-hmm. Could have done, you could have done a Boba Fett backstory, and you would have gotten like half. Oh yeah, fanboy I, like all excited. There's so many ways you could have done, gone with Boba Fett, you know, and had because now that James Earl Jones, I mean, you only have so many years left of James Earl Jones. People, uh, I would have liked, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen. Uh, you didn't have to necessarily be all about Boba Fett, but mm-hmm. you know there is a story out there of how Vader learns about Luke Skywalker, and it's from Boba Fett, and mm-hmm. that could have been a cool story by itself. I mean, he had like a whole Boba Fett thing, and then like one of his missions is for Vader or a relationship between Boba Fett and Vader. Like, why does Vader in Empire Strikes Back favor bounty hunters when no mm-hmm. one else does? Like, you, you could have done that. You could have done Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit. You could have done so many. Like I'm not sure if Boba Fett can hold the entire movie by himself, but I would like to see someone try it at least. Well, Darth Vader knows, like any cruel dictator, you have to go outside of the bureaucracy to get anything done. Right. So, on that note, <laughs> we're going to end this podcast. I, I know Nick and I could keep going, and we probably actually will. Um, but uh, for the sake of this podcast and um, keeping it a part two that uh, is relatively on the heels of part part one, we hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for joining us. Um, my name's Matt, and uh, as always, may the force be with you. Great show, guys. One in a million. Wait, there's only one of us. There's only one of us. You can't say guys. <laughs> it's a great kid. It's the force ghost. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.